0: writing Gary Kelly's podcast. We're back after a productive international break. Obviously, these days, we've got more of our lads playing in those matches. I think it's become a bit more enjoyable. Today is our 30th episode. I'm joined by both Matts as we look back on the weekend's defeat to Liverpool and the fallout from that. Um, we're going to talk about the transfer window from the summer, give you all a bit of an update on the Fantasy Premier League, and then wrap it all up with a good old game of Guess Who. Hopefully, you guys won't guess it as easily this time. I've uh, made it a bit trickier. Oh, no! How are we doing, guys? It sounded like Lucy did a good job for me, filling in the spice Captain on the last show.
1: Yeah, play with a match performance. From what I remember, it seems a lifetime ago now. So, so we're, on, we're on 30 episodes.
0: Apparently so, that's Jeez. what you tell me.
1: Well, yeah, so telling, <laughs> yeah, honestly, I honestly didn't think we'd get past two. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We've done well, we're into season two. People are still apparently listening to us. Well. we got Thanks.
1: commissioned, we got commissioned for another season, so we must be doing something right. <laughs>
0: right, on to the match against Liverpool then. Um I think a natural starting point is that starting eleven. Obviously, I think maybe some of us, most of us expected to see Dan James come straight in potentially, but I think that's probably just because we were a bit keen to see how we'd set up. But obviously Rodrigo started in the 10. Were you guys surprised by that? Do you think it worked or is it something that you just think maybe he's waiting for Dan James to get up to speed a bit?
2: It's just not working, is it? I don't know what it is. At the end of last year, everyone had high hopes for Rodrigo and he had the excuses of having COVID, then getting injured. Um, then I think he got injured again, maybe, and then he came back and finished well, didn't he? And then everyone had these high hopes, thinking, oh, it'll be really sharp next year. Now he's had a full year. But it looks even, even slower, sluggish. And... I don't know. It's like when that first chance, when you miss that first chance, you expect a £30 million signing to be sticking that in back at net. And I think that's what, that's what sort of cost us, really. It seemed to be like everything just seemed, seemed to come crashing down after you missed that chance. You just sort of knew like the writing were on the wall after that. You really want him to do well. I, I, every game I, I say I just
1: want him to do well. And look at the back end of last season. He went on a bit of a run, didn't he? Uh, Burnley especially. I remember getting a good couple of goals in... You think, finally, finally, he's got over the worst. I think he played up top there as well. But we've said before, you know, I remember when Popey did an interview with him last year, he said his, his, his favourite position is behind the striker, not the leading man. And obviously for Spain, when pre-Euros, he was leading the line for Spain. But he looked off the boiler and you probably picked up when you watched the game, uh, when you got back from Ellen Road, that the Martin Tyler and Gary Neville just point out the, the massive gap in midfield between Rodrigo and Phillips. It was huge that, you know, you could have... But after Liverpool team in the centre of the pitch at one point, couldn't you? And I just think we were on about it the the, the last podcast. Is it is it, it's just not cut up for it, it's just not tactically got it in a way. Because like Matt said, he's maybe the excuses are out now. COVID is he's passed it, injury problems is past it, you know, and this is probably the real deal, Rodrigo, that we've got and maybe it's could be a very, very expensive mistake as the way things are going at the moment. Yeah, and I think there's
0: some questions around how Liverpool was setting up. Obviously it was um Pavino in the midfield wasn't it and then they were kind of suggesting that his tactic was to to outplay us almost in midfield and let's be honest it worked entirely because like you said there was like a huge gap of space because Rodrigo's wanting to move forward he's not kind of got it in the back of his mind he needs to sit a little bit deeper. That being said he obviously came off for Tyler Roberts now I don't want to get into the whole slanging match around Roberts again because it's quite a consistent conversation we all seem to have but the reality is he's our next option if Rodrigo's not quite pulling his weight. Is Roberts good enough to be in that position, to come on for us and make an impact, to start in that position, to keep us up in the league this season? What's the situation there? Like, if Tyler Roberts is the answer, then what actually is the question?
1: I think I think Pablo Hernandez is the answer, if I'm honest with you. I genuinely feel like Pablo would offer more than... And, and you know, he, we won't go into Tyler. We, everyone knows about Tyler. I think he's... Again, he's he's peaked. He's, he, we've seen the potential that he can offer this team. And he, his best best form for the club was in the Championship. And I think that's his level, if I'm honest. He don't come on and change game. You you always see a lot of fans discuss after the game that he performed better than Rodrigo. He's, he, he looked sharper than... We always say that. But the way things are going, anyone's better than Rodrigo. But I honestly feel another year of Pablo, I think at least he's he's got... He had it in the locker to... He had that magic, didn't he? Where I don't think Tyler's got that. And Rodrigo's definitely not got that at the moment. And I don't think we're going to see it. We're
2: missing, like Matt said, we're missing some form of spark, aren't we? That I feel like teams have wised up on Rafinha. And there seemed to be, like yesterday, um, like Van Dijk and Robertson, whenever Rafinha sort of started running at their their defence, doubled up on him really well. And it sort of, it needs someone else to be able to take that focus away. I think that's what you saw when we were in the Championship, that sometimes... Teams knew that all we were going to do was go through Pablo if things were going wrong, and then obviously they were able to cut onto it. And uh, that first season is probably what the downfall was. Then we got a few, like we we're saying, when Helder Costa was good in the championship, we sort of need that second person who can sort of take the take the deflection away from uh, defenders. And Rodrigo just didn't look like he's <laughs> capable of doing it really. Like you say with Roberts, I I think there's like a, there is a player in Tyler Roberts, but he's just not this level. Like he's a, I think he's a good footballer, but I think his main problem is is that he's not Pablo, and that's why he's getting crucified for being.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point, and that we do have a certain expectation of being able to bring Pablo on and have that creativity and that spark and that impact, like you're saying. Right now, it just doesn't feel that we have that. Do you expect? potentially not for Friday like obviously be has his reasons for not starting Dan James what are you expecting from a formation if Dan James is to start
1: I, I think it's well he it, it took Harrison off for Dan James I think it's one or the other isn't it I think it's going to be Dan James for Harrison Dan James well it won't be for a thing so I think Harrison and Dan James are fighting for that position if I'm honest I think he'll stick with Rodrigo I do because he, he sees he sees it but obviously how many times he's been hauled off at half time now uh, it's a <laughs> I said six me. I said he's co- about thirty-five in. I said Rodrigo's coming off at time. and it's, you know it, don't you? And if he comes on, he gets brought off.
0: <laughs> I think as but, well, you've got the factor of the crowd this season. Yes, that as, as much as that Ellen Road crowd and even the, the way crowd to an extent can be a huge help when it's going well, it's obviously very quick to turn when it's not going quite well, and and some of these players haven't experienced that yet until this season, so. It'd be interesting to see how much that does actually
1: impact their performance. Oh, some big players have crumbled under the pressure of an Ellen Road crowd. You know, Luke Varney, look what it did to him. <laughs> that <laughs> kind of puts
0: F- things into perspective, <laughs> I what you're
1: talking about, the likes of Luke Varney. <laughs> just a bit, but I think it just goes back to the squad depth, lack of options, lack of game changes. Like, yeah, you know, we looked at the Manchester United game and, you know, we were, what, 3-1 down and, Elder Costa who's now gone to Valencia and Tyler Roberts were coming on to so-called change the game. You know, they couldn't change a league one game, them two at the moment. So you know, I'm worried. And I think you touched upon the fans. It's a it's a big, a big point to make because you know, a lot of people have discussed it. We've discussed it about last season being a free-it. You know, a bit like a training session, most games, wasn't it? Let's be honest with you. It was a good test of the murder ball, and it took teams by surprise. And and now you put 36,000 to Ellen Road, wanting to finish higher than ninth this season. And um, at times, it were, a, it were a nasty atmosphere at times yesterday uh, when the team's backward against the wall and little mistakes were being made. And like I said, you know, obviously we're taking the piss, but, you know, on a serious note, some, some great players have crumbled under the pressure of Leeds United supporters, giving them an hard time. And I think our Premier League campaign starts now, this season, and, and already we're struggling, I'd say. Uh, we've had a very tough start. Don't get me wrong. We look at our fixture list; it's not been the the easiest of starts, has it? But Newcastle is the the big game on Friday for us now. We've we've got to get a result. I feel now just to just to ease the pressure off us a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? That if we're being honest, it's not necessarily unexpected that we would lose to Liverpool. I think it's the way that we lost that has frustrated fans the most, and obviously kind of raised some concerns about how we perform this season overall what were three or four games in, Newcastle on Friday now becomes quite pivotal, not just in terms of the wider season, but from a mental perspective, we we really should be going to St James's and getting a victory, first win of the season. But then you also have to just look at how we performed against Liverpool and you think, right, well, potentially down to one centre back because of injuries and now suspensions, that centre back being Liam Cooper. We've got what Alan Maximan running at us but God knows what pace for the whole game. It absolutely terrifies you. And I think as soon as you start to get into that mentality, that's where it becomes Leeds again, doesn't it? That you've, you've just kind of lost that momentum from last season. Like you say, it was a free hit. We've all got a little bit carried away, potentially. Reality check that actually it is the likes of Newcastle we're going to be fighting for places over this season.
2: I think one of the main... that Some people started to sort of touch on it is that a lot of the players are still the same players that Bielsa took over from a 15th place championship team or 14th, whatever we were. And at some point they will, fans know, I always think fans, fans, people say fans chat sh- basically. But you know your club inside out and at some point everyone knows that the likes of Cooper, Dallas, Aylin are going to hit a brick wall. And it feels like it's sort of building to that without, you don't want to, say it is, because I want to wait till Friday before uh, judging on anything, but at some point every, everyone knew over the summer that at some point in the next probably two years, those players are going to hit a brick wall and basically start descending back down Football League ladder. I mean I think some of them are up to it, but I just don't. You just, you just know at some point that they're going to hit that wall and that's it, and they w- won't be able to come back from it.
1: All three, I'd say all three, would you say have had good
2: season so far?
1: You know, I think you take Aileen's goal at Manchester United. I think he's struggled this season so far, Dallas. Oh, yesterday, yeah, Dallas as well. I'm watching Dallas. His performance individually at times. when we were down two 0 I see Dallas and just watched him. He Look, he looked shadow of himself. He looked like the old Stuart Dallas under Steve Evans. You know, coming on ten minutes, <laughs> ten minutes when we're losing four one, and got a clue what he's doing. But um, yeah, you could be right. You could be right that they've peaked to their to their ability now, and the only way is. Is, is a decline now, you've got to say. But there's, there's been no recruitment to ease the burden off these three players. You could, well, with Cooper's position, you know, we seem to have signed two centre-backs, expensive centre-backs that are injury-prone. That's for me, is a red flag. I think we're, like I said, we're struggling. Uh, yeah, We're, we're going to come on to Pascal strike in, in a minute, but I, I hope his red card gets rescinded and he he's gets to play against Newcastle. If not, we're, we're going to struggle. To, to fill out a defence aren't we I think uh, it'd be nice to get Berra to play right back in Ailing and shift into centre back but we don't have that option anymore and he played Noah Kenner in centre back in pre-season and he he didn't you know accommodate well in that position I don't think so it's going to be interesting really what we're going to do at the back
0: I mean maybe Newcastle is a good it is a good game to have potentially with this situation that we can get a couple of the youngsters in and actually just bed them in a little bit give them that opportunity on the big stage and, and see how they do But yeah, so obviously the the game was overshadowed entirely by the injury to Harvey Elliott. From my perspective, I didn't think it was a red card challenge. I've watched it back a hundred times and still don't think it is. I think it's incredibly unfortunate. I think those tackles happen in every game and his trailing leg has just caught his foot. Um, But obviously it was a red card for Pascal strike. If that isn't rescinded, which by all accounts it doesn't sound like it's going to be, then we are in a bit of trouble from a centre-back position. What did you guys think? Did you think it was a red card or just one of those unfortunate things that happens in football?
2: It's very, very unfortunate, but I was in the same boat as I think me and Matt discussed yesterday, that as soon as the ref saw the severity of the injury, it was always going to send him off, which a lot of people took Matt's tweet that he put out yesterday. Uh, the wrong way. We, I knew what he because we both got, we, got a bit of abuse for that, didn't we? We both uh, both of us have the same thing in mind. It was like Sons again on uh Andre Gomez a couple of years ago where the ref saw his ankle dislocated and thought, right, you're off. Yeah. But he apologize I, I, me- I remember that game, he apologised
1: to Son for sending him off. He said, Well, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to do it. It's the letter of the law or how they
2: see it. Mm-hmm. The thing that amazes me the most is like the class that as endangering opponent, but Apparently, when Ashley Barnes' scissor tackles Stuart Dallas above his hip, apparently that's not endangering impact. You could say
0: that any
2: tackle is endangering I life, said I you. said that to my mate. It's like someone could someone could shoulder badge someone and the fall and dissipate the shoulder. You can't send them off for that just because of the thing. But I think one thing I'd want to say is is that Liverpool Liverpool give up this image of everyone's everyone's for each other, but. did anyone go over to Harvey Elliott until Strike got sent off
0: yeah that's very true I mean Harvey Elliott has put out on his social media he's put um, a comment out saying that it uh, wasn't his fault whatsoever neither was it a red card just a freak accident but these things happen in football I'll be back stronger 100% thanks for all the support so I mean it's big of him to come out and say that he didn't have to make any comment at all he could have come out and said that he thought it was a reckless challenge so it's good that he's obviously tried to clear Strike's name a little bit for him there um, not sure how much kind of leverage that will have on the decision as to whether it gets rescinded or not but I mean obviously from a stroke perspective as well it's not it's not something you want to experience and it's probably going to get in your head quite a bit regardless of what happens next It
1: but- should sorry Matt it, it should be rescinded yeah like I agree with Matt and, and you Vic but it's, I don't think it. it, it, it he it could debate that challenge a hundred times and he'd win the ball 99 times it's just unfortunate and it, like Harvey said it was a freak accident and that put a lot of this bitterness that's come out between both fan groups and and some pundits as well. That are saying it was vicious, and it was intent, dirty leads, all this. Since some of these Liverpool bloggers, you know, us three have seen Liverpool live more than half of these. lot that are jumping on, on in going in the mum's spare bedroom with the green screen and and saying that we're all dirty and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I think you're just not allowed to touch a Liverpool player, are you? And you know, we tweeted about it and and. You know, I, I stand by what we said. I think you know it was always going to be a red because of the challenge. But I followed it up about Klopp's behaviour, and I didn't agree with a manager running on the pitch and berating the referee. The referee knew what we were going to do. He's seen the incident. he's saw it live. He don't need Jurgen Klopp running on the pitch and berating him and telling him that it's one of the worst worst tackles they've ever seen in football. That for me, why is he not being given a yellow card or sent to the stands for entering the field of play during a live match? He don't need to come on. I just didn't think the behaviour of their team, coaching team, was unacceptable, if I'm honest with you. It was an accident. There was no intent. There was no malice there. And like Matt said, the FA will probably uphold it. They really will. And it's a shame if they do, because I think not too long ago, we were talking about Burnley roughing us up. And our referees are taking a lenient approach this season. And I was listening to Five Live last night, and they're saying that this is a consequence of the referees now not protecting the players. A load of bollocks. You know, he went and won the ball. He did. He's just like followed through. That was it. So there's no Ashley Barnes malice in it or, you know.
0: (laughs) It just fits the narrative, doesn't it? I think it it just gives them something to talk about. And unfortunately it's us that's involved because it it just fits together. Um, I think it has spiralled out on social media as you expect it to. I think there's been a lot of false claims about chanting and whatever else. Frankly, I think both sides are as bad as each other. There's, disgusting behaviour from both sets of fans which I wouldn't condone but you know these things do happen in football and unfortunately the referee was probably going to make that decision like you say regardless of Klopp's behaviour but to see official and well to see coaches and the, the team behind Klopp behaving like they did was unacceptable and I wouldn't expect that from our team
1: I get I get it. I do get it. It's one of his plays, his rising star, he wants to elevate this kid into a into a star now at the club. I know that. I understand that and he's he's an eighteen year old boy in the way, but it was an accident. It wasn't it wasn't a two foot lunge that you get from Keen or Vieri, you know what I mean? Then you I'd fully stand up and say like Klopp's reaction, absolutely, he's endangered a player there. He didn't and that's what I just found disappointing that he treated it like he'd gone in to snap the lad's leg and I didn't like that. And I think, I think that was acceptable. And I, I would bit disappointed that um, Craig Paulson just patted him on his back and said, oh, not to worry, Jürgen, I'll, I'll, I'm, I will I'll, know what I'm going to do. You know, you don't need to whisper in my ear about it. I've just found that disappointing. And um, yeah, it's, it is what it is. And hopefully, Ar- I've now coming out and saying it was a complete accident, you know, um, about the red card. Maybe the FA should just take note on that and just accept that the player who's, who's obviously gone and dislocated or broken or whatever he's done, um, has come out and even admitted it was an accident. So let's hope he gets rescinded and he, he starts against Newcastle on Friday.
2: I think that was the thing that annoyed me the most, is that everyone was saying that Craig Parson was always going to send him off, but he wasn't because the rule to send someone off is you have to immediately stop the game. We literally waved play on until Salah, luckily, saw that Elliot's leg was flopping out to one side. But like I say, I think, I think Klopp's got a bit of a thing of doing stuff like that. Which people don't seem to pick up a lot on, uh, while well, opposition fans do. But like like Matt said, I just I don't understand how a manager is allowed to just run on the pitch and effectively just put his arm around the referee and get in his ear. But I don't know if you've seen the video of the video of all the players reacting to the red card. Origi in the background, in his I don't know how he's made it up, met there because he's not even in the match squad. But uh, he's on the pitch, and as soon as it gives him the red card, he like turns around to the ref and says, "No way." It's <laughs> like, well, if he thinks that, then he obviously but. I guess it's only the battle, but yeah, um, Klopp's gone down in my estimations yet again.
0: Yeah, he doesn't help himself, does he? Well, as always, we put it out on social to get your guys' thoughts. um, Obviously, in future, or if any reason you want to get in touch with us, just drop us a message at RITGK. I'm going to read these names carefully because I still don't trust you guys not to give me fake names. Apparently, this is a real one. Sneaky Scoffer. Says same mistakes in team selections, Old Trafford got the same result. Tyler Roberts and Liam Cooper experiment has to stop ASAP. The latter, obviously, not helped by auto-spunking spunking 30 million on centre backs. I never fit there potentially. Uh, Philip Hobbs says Harrison, Dallas, and Ailing starting to be found out. Cooper is Cooper. No midfield with a converted winger come fullback and a centre forward in the hole. Again, quite close to what we've been chatting about before. <laughs> Dave's artisan wood-fired pizza company. Positives: He says Phillips best player on the pitch. Would definitely agree with that, but he's definitely putting himself in the shop window for next summer, isn't he? Uh, spine looked good. Melia, Cooper, Phillips, Bamford, Ailing better than in recent games. Negatives. Front six, Barmanford were woeful at tracking back. Firpo makes you long for Alioski. He gave the ball away far too easily. And Elliot Daniels says, big chance early on for Rodrigo. You need to be taking them against sides like Liverpool. Poor performance overall. That number eight and ten position is killing us. Huge game on Friday. I think a lot of that we've chatted to already, haven't we? But is there anything that you guys have pulled out there?
1: Yeah, other wood-fired pizza companies are available. (laughs) <laughs> uh, if Allison does want to uh, sponsor us, then, then do get in touch. No, I think they've all nailed it. I think it's a bit of a common theme, isn't it? I think Matt touched upon earlier about a few of them players mentioned. And what's happening with Click then? Is Click out? Do we know how long he's out for? Is... He was well, on, the he bench, on the
0: bench,
1: wasn't he? Yeah, has he fallen out of favour then? I, I, was, well, he, not... I know he didn't play for Poland, did he midweek either? Well,
2: he had COVID, didn't he, before? Yeah, uh, I
0: think
2: it's a fitness thing, isn't it? Game. It's like my mate said, under Bielsa, if... You fit for the bench, you fit to play. So it sort of was a bit of a weird one. I just think like the whole the whole thing's just a knock on effect of not playing a proper midfielder at number ten. It just seems if you don't, if you don't get control midfield, you defend. We're putting as defenders under unnecessary stress really, and they're always going to eventually crumble, especially when you are playing teams like that. I think that, that was one of the most frightening front three I've probably seen live. Like I don't I don't think TV does it justice to how quick. Salah actually is
1: I don't know mate I thought the McCaldrick, um, Billy Sharp and uh, <laughs> other lad it was, it was frightening last season
0: <laughs> bring him back <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean it could have been worse couldn't it if Mane had his shooting boots on it could have
1: oh,
2: you
0: know, been, been 5 or 6 and again shout yeah. out to Melia because like, if it wasn't for him it, it could have been a lot worse as well I think he had a good game given how much pressure he was under but
2: he had more shots than us as a as a team, didn't he? <laughs> Individually, doesn't surprise me. I don't think we touched on it earlier, though. I think one of the things that worries me the most is that I don't, other than scoring at Burnley, I don't can't remember Bamford having a clear cut chance this year. And to be honest, it wasn't really a chance; it would have sort of fell at his feet for him to sort of stick in the net after a um, yeah. deflection, wanted. But he's not, he's not had, other than in the Crew game, he doesn't seem to have had any one on one situation or. A clear sighted goal like Rodrigo had in the first ten minutes. It, that's the bit that, that's the bit that's been worrying me the most. Yeah, that
0: we're not creating the chances. It's not even that he's missing them. It's yeah. just that we're not creating those chances.
2: Would you not? Would you not think the lob from the halfway line over
1: Allison? If that would have gone in, oh, like, we'd, we'd, we just it. would have been talking about that? We wouldn't even. This oh. last twenty-five minutes, we not even been talking about the result. We'd mm-hmm. just be talking about uh, Bamford lob, lobbing Allison. What a save that one! And he even had time when the ball went mid-air, just to, look, just to see where it was, didn't he?
2: And he still managed to, like, coolly tip it over. Uh, he was never in doubt, really, that, was it? That was one of those, though, where it was, like, all seemed in slow motion. So it was right in front. Like I sitting in the cot literally right behind the goal. And it was one of those where when you saw Alisson turn around, you thought, he's actually worried here. Like, and as soon as you started backpedaling, you thought this might have a chance. But, like I say, you probably, you probably always had it. He probably did it for cameras for his um, try, and get, try and get mad at match or something for his clean sheet. But, like Matt said, we'd have been talking about that for about seven, <laughs> seven months till the end of the season. We thought I'd have gone in.
0: So we've introduced a chance for you guys to support us this season by becoming a Ryan Gary Kelly's patron member. For as little as £2 a month, you can help support the work we do and make sure that we can continue to bring you our podcast series and our in-depth online articles about the football club that we all love.
1: That's good, Vic. Two quid, you can't even buy a decent cup of coffee for that these days. Come to think of it, did you see Birmingham City Football Club? They're selling chips and a cheese slice for four quid
0: absolutely criminal for three pound a month you can also get early access to this podcast before it goes on general release and come and join us for a monthly Q&A and talk all things leads plus much much more not forgetting for five pound a month you can get to join us for a Q&A early access to episodes a live recording of each podcast and you'll also get the chance to join us on the show as one of our loyal members I tell you what that's not bad at all is it and the best thing about us setting up as a membership is that we'll be delivering you an ad free podcast and you don't hear that very often these days. It's our unique selling point. So becoming one of those patron members helps fund what we do, it helps continue to deliver this podcast and you never know we could even share some cheesy chips together before the end of the season.
2: I guess you've summed it up perfectly. We go ad-free so we don't spoil your listening experience with legal advice and ball trimmers. Sounds like a good deal to me.
0: Head over to patreon.com forward slash RITGK to become a member today. So we just want to give a deserved shout out to our latest patron member, Duncan Wilson. And each week, we'll give one of the members a shout out on the podcast. So don't forget to get involved and help support
1: us. (laughs) Okay,
0: so we're a few games into the season now. I think after the transfer window, it was probably 50-50, wasn't it? How we were feeling about the signings that we've made. How are you guys feeling at this point? I mean, looking at signings officially that we made in the summer. Obviously, Dan James, the last one through the door. Furpo, Jack Harrison, and then Christopher Claassen as a backup for Meliare. That—that's pretty much all the senior team business. So, I mean, is Rodgersani's little centre midfielder tweet about Adam Forshaw looking a little bit silly at this point?
2: Well, to put it bluntly, yes. Like I was saying before, I think as fans, we're not daft, and everyone knew we were crying out for a centre mid towards the end of last year, and even when we were playing well, and it's just it's baffled me that we've not signed anyone, even even someone on loan for six months or whatever, but we've literally just got clicked play centre mid or Dallas, who is effectively a makeshift number eight now. It's I don't it just seems I know people say that Bielsa knows what he's doing. We don't know if he did want one. I I would like to think he did, unless he thinks click is the answer when he's fully fit, but it's probably one of the most baffling decisions that i've ever seen that we've not gone in and got a centre mid because obviously the money was there if he wanted one so it just makes you wonder why we didn't yeah it's all that talk conor gallagher from chelsea on loan
1: i don't think we've really fancied players on loan have we uh from uh domestic teams uh, in the premier league he's settled in really well at palace you to me i felt he he just wanted to stay in london that what i put it down to if i'm honest with you but yeah you're right i think yeah we are crying out for it but it comes back to what Vic said, you know, with what Rodzani said about that kind of statement about Adam Forshaw. You know, Ken Bates used to fill our head with all that shit about every time a player came back from a long-term injury, he was like effectively like a new signing, but Forshaw's not played hardly any football at all, I he, let's be honest, in two years. I don't think it really counts, the crew game, if I'm honest with you. And, you know, nobody's seen him since. I remember uh, the team was announced against Liverpool on um on Sunday and all the tweets underneath were saying where's this new signing boss where's Adam gone and he completely disappeared off the face of the earth and I don't think he's ready he's another player that you can't just throw straight into Premier League football he's not a Premier League player in my opinion if he'd gone and done five seasons and ripped up trees then absolutely you'd be thinking yeah I can't wait to see him break back into the team but for sure had a, a semi-decent season with Middlesbrough uh, three or four years ago and he's, he's not he's not really got back there since so yeah Uh, it's worrying you know obviously we've got the under 23s but again there's no no one really stands out that's owning that position that can come in and really take hold of it so it's um, yeah I am worried because we've lost a few players already in the first few games of the season I think as the fixtures pile up towards Christmas um, we're going to be left massively exposed from now till January if I'm being honest Yeah and I think with
0: Adam obviously not to do him a disservice I'm sure he's going to do his absolute best when he does get his chances but reality is you wouldn't go and buy a championship player that had been injured for two years and expect them to come in and play Premier League football. That would be getting grilled as terrible business. And that's essentially what we're doing. We're putting all of our hopes and dreams and Adam Forshaw being the answer.
2: I have a theory that we're basically trying to get two or three like decent games out of him in the Prem and then flogging him to a championship team for a very inflated price. It just reeks of us trying to absolutely win someone in the championship like Fulham or whatever for like £10 million, and basically cover all losses that we've paid for his medical bills in the United States.
0: <laughs> Probably not a bad shout.
2: <laughs> you know who could be the answer and he's a free agent at the moment. Go on. You and O'Kane, it
1: went under radar. We, we let him go in summer. His contract, that 12-year contract he signed finally ended this summer and he's sat without a club at the moment. You know, you can sign free agent. Listen, I'm taking the Mick, by the way, but yeah. It'd be funny if he was still at the club. would oh, he get a sniff? I think with the amount of players that are out of form and getting injured, he might might get a, be ruined the um, regret of leaving Leeds now or not not even doing a pageant. Could have done. Could have done.
0: I mean, it's very early in the season, obviously, isn't it? Like we're panicking a little bit. We've had a tricky start to the season. We've not got a win under our belt yet. But are we already looking at January and thinking? You know the board have maybe thought, all right, we f***ed a bit this summer by not getting one. Let's have a look and see who's about in January.
1: But everyone will know that we're after players, so they'll hike the price up. So that's a mistake you make in January, and it'll be evident as well that we need new blood in, new players. And it's not a great month to make deals. Let's be honest. You know, look at Happy Pappy Boo as an example. I'm railing about <laughs> tonight, <aren't> I? <laughs> but um, you love that Warnock era, don't you? I love it yeah because I, I can just memorize that squad but you're right yeah i think it's <laughs> you know what are we in september and we're already talking about january it's worrying that you know but we spent 41.67 million according to transfermarket.com on incomings this season so you know you're like junior Firpo, is he the answer at left back
0: i think he got a bit of unfair stick especially yesterday like obviously he's he's still young he's new to the league it's you, you need someone that can impact straight away because we were desperate for an actual left-back. So I think when we knew Alioski was going, we were getting a proper left-back in. There was all these hopes and dreams that he was going to be the answer. He was going to be amazing. But it takes time to settle in. And I don't think he's terrible. I think he's got a lot of good talent about him. I think he's going to come good. But, you know, he's had a difficult few first games, let's be honest.
1: Oh, Salah had him on toast, didn't he? Hanson, <laughs> had him. He, looked,
2: he looked dizzy at one point. <laughs> I think. I think he's a prime example of a player who, I think I called it, a, well, I sort of called it when um, we signed him So watched a few bars games last year. And he's a, he's a prime example of signing a player out of a bad environment. Who's going to take time. I, I knew exactly. I knew he wasn't going to hit the ground running basically. And he, he's a prime example of a player that just needs to basically build his confidence back up. Like I think he was in the team that got smashed by eight two. Um, he was, probably gone to Barca at completely the wrong time in his career uh he got his probably his dream move and it it'll be one of those where he'll be absolutely gutted that it never worked out because it, if you play in Spain your dream is to play for Madrid or Barca or maybe Atletico now uh but those are the two teams that you always want to play for and I just don't think it worked out from day one for him and they've obviously been in a mess and I think it's just going to take time for him to bed in basically like you said Vic
0: yeah, and now he's got Leeds fans screaming at him when he's getting skinned by Salah, who's
1: like one of the best players in the league. <laughs> yeah, wait till to Andrews Townsend and players like that start skinning him, then we'll get worried. Might be a I, very
0: different podcast next weekend,
1: when We've beaten Newcastle by a million. Goodness me. I tell you what, I do like Dallas at left-back. I do. I've always liked Dallas at left-back. I always I thought, thought he's
2: done a good job there, you know. I thought that was going to be the sub at half-time. I thought he was going to bring click on and bring FSO yes. off and put yeah, so I put click in the middle, moved out to sort of the left back. But well, obviously, it didn't. I, that, I thought that was nailed on to a bit of sub at half time. Do you think Victor's had a
1: word and said, we stop stopped bringing off my new signings off at half time every game? Not a good sign, is it? How have they
0: not even on there, Victor? They're all injured.
1: Well, you see, we've only. We've, what, how much we spent on Robin Cock? Were it 25? No, you was only about 13 money. Oh, was it? It's a lot of money to spend, though, isn't it? Just to model new kit. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs>
0: It looks
1: great in it, to be fair. it's probably made us his money back in. Do you reckon? Have we Have had a mess in Ruki up all his merchandise on, <laughs> on his transfer fee <laughs> for Robin Cock?
2: <laughs> I don't know what you two thought about your intake, but it didn't look like, I don't know, I couldn't see it from the stands, but it didn't look like he overstretched or anything yesterday. Like, it just seemed a really strange one. And one of the first parts, I, and I don't want to put things, say, say stuff, because obviously he might have twinged his hamstring or whatever, but it, to me it felt like he took the easy way out. Chelsea last season at Stamford Bridge, I felt that. It didn't look like it were
1: anything. <laughs> and it just went down. I think he were unchallenged. In fact, I don't
2: think he would even had the ball. It was off the ball, wasn't it, in the first ten minutes? I think it's a worry either way. Like he's either like like we say, you don't want to badmouth someone. But he's either has taken the easy way out or he is made of
1: glass. Well, he, he got that yellow, and I I said to my mate, stick, a, stick some money on and get him getting sent off before half time because he, he, he took an early yellow, didn't he? Mm. If I remember rightly, and I just thought, and then he went down shortly after, actually, didn't he? I
0: mean, speaking of players that are made of glass, someone mentioned him to me the other day and said, Would you? David
2: Jack, Harris. Jack Wilshire. Oh, no. Desperate
0: chance. for a club made no. of
2: glass. No chance. Right. Like, he's, he's like. Elite Adam Forshaw, isn't it?
0: Yeah,
2: basically.
1: Yeah. To be like, honest, take you and okay came back. He's without a club and he's not made of glass. Are
0: you his agent? It, <laughs> Are you trying to get
1: him a job? Yeah. He's been injured and all. There's that iconic picture of him with his shorts around his ankles, isn't there? We've tweeted it a few times. Remember? In fact, yeah, we, should, we, we should use, let me just note that one down. Use you and okay with shorts, round ankle as cover photo for this podcast. <laughs>
2: underlined just create more abuse on Twitter
1: yeah well I may as well not we have got as far as we can now I think
2: <laughs> anyway, if we're going to be positive I'm not worrying until Friday's done with I feel like that's the that's it's not a, well it's a big game but it's not like a life or death situation but I think that is we brushed away all the teams below us last season with ease and I feel like that'll be the point where we realise whether we're up creek or not basically yeah
0: that's the goal, isn't it, at the end of the day? We're not meant to beat the likes of the ball. Yeah. It's just frustrating when you lose in the
2: manner that we did. We haven't lost. So w- the two teams that finished below us, we, we drew against. And the teams that finished above us, we, we, we lost. So it, when you put it like that, it's not the end of the world. But then Newcastle are probably the worst football team in the division. So you just know it's going to be like 1-0 the cell. Proper Borussia ball. You know what's going to happen, don't
1: you? Uh, Willick's going to score the last minute winner. Central midfielder, twenty-two million pound. That we, you know, we could have done with. Let's be honest. And he's going to score the winner. But um, you know, speaking of players, you've got Mateus Borges. He's playing in the B for Lapping it up isn't he? He's playing on a Saturday. and He's in uh, Manumission on a on a Sunday morning. So like that, we get getting back in January. I think uh, the
0: attitude may have been an issue for him as <laughs> <the> well. <answer.
1: laughs> But no, going back, I said it before, I think teams like Liverpool and, and Scummer, they're not our fight. And we need to be really sick, if I'm honest with you. And like you guys say, we need to, to look around us and the teams at the second half, the bottom half of the table, the teams that we need to be putting ourselves against, the Brightons, the Wolves, and the Palaces in a way as well. They're the teams we need to be getting results from. I and mean, you've seen the Evertons and Burnleys, they're in and around us, if I'm being honest with you. And we've we've got a you know a decent I'd say a decent point against both, really. So yeah, it's my only fear and I'll say this to my mate about is Bielsa is if he finishes below ninth, he will see that's a success. And obviously he builds his managerial career on progressing, I guess. And he wants to progress and let's so hope that. It doesn't see it as unsuccessful by finishing below Because I genuinely don't think we'll finish ninth and above. None of this crap we were saying last year about Premier League being a fraud. It's a piece of piece. You know, we have lost at home to top six. Well, that one's gone out the window, hasn't it, already? And we're only in September. So, yeah, it's completely different. It's, our Premier League campaign has started now, in my opinion.
2: I think, the um one of the, like we were saying about the crowd, our next home game is West Ham, which is like the, a prime team. Who are suited to play against us? And it'll just be one of the most frustrating games you'll probably see, and everyone will get on at him. Well, that's another. That's another game that now with the position West Ham are in, you don't expect to win. So mm-hmm. uh, you're probably only expecting to take three points from your next two games. But one of the worrying things that I realised was that Mikel Antonio will have had two weeks rest before he plays us now. So wow. we we are fucked. Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's like Brighton as well, because they've started really well. And you can imagine when Brighton come to Ellum Road, it'll be like, we don't get a result, but absolutely care for Broad. I think they might finally be our rivals. <laughs> Maybe Bielsa should grow a beard, like Potter, and we might do. We might Yeah, have a new hey, for... Arsenal are our rivals
0: this season, if you go by the tables, it could be worse.
1: Well, I've got Norwich and Brentford written down here, but if you want to put Arsenal, Vic... I'll oh, got... put Arsenal in there, yeah. That's it, no... Norwich and Brentford come to Alham
2: Road and do us. Oh my god. I think that's the worst case scenario, isn't it? Like I think we I think we we'd accept probably on championship when if we're in championship fan mode, we'd accept losing to Brentford away because it always happens. If we lose to one at home, there'll be like you say, Norwich and Brentford, there'll be panic stations, everyone'll be I think I might lose the will to live and that's when I'll be like, Oh, my, might get relegated this year.
0: So well, let's give it a few scores. weeks see where <laughs> yeah.
2: we are we won't get relegated because I stand by me saying that the Premier League's <laughs> sh** <shit. laughs> scores a last minute winner when they come, come to Ellen okay. Road someone runs
1: on and just twats him with a brick
2: <laughs> oh well.
1: yeah we've predicted the season
0: Right, an update on the fantasy Premier League then. Um obviously there's like a thousand of you in our league which is amazing. I still don't think I'm faring any better. Um I'm not sure what you guys did, but I refused to play my wild card to get that that has been
1: What my does team. wild card actually do? Because at weekend I was trying to, uh, I've never ever selected I, I know what triple captain means and all that, but I was looking at it thinking bench boost. So I'm guessing all your players it's effectively like they're in your team, yeah?
0: Yes, Grandad. If you play a bench boost, then all right. of your players count. If you play your wild card, you basically start in your team from scratch again, but you can only play it twice in a season.
1: What do you mean? Just get rid of all your players you can, and start again. Yeah. Because
0: like obviously that. if you change too many players, you lose points, but if you play wild card, then you can change them all for free.
1: Oh captain Salah, I'm not doing that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you see lots of people changed it this week to get Ronaldo in and captain him, which unfortunately was a good move. Um so, looking at this league, then, top yes. three currently, we've got we've got a joint second, would you believe? I have nearly a thousand people. So, joint second, we've got Gavin Phillips' team, the has beans, and we've got zone pace, what's so not in joint second. And running away at the top, we've got <laughs> Gary Cleary. Gary Cleary. Gary Cleary.
2: Good to see, Finn. <laughs> it seems like they're made up, are <laughs>
1: With Gary's team, has <laughs> he done that? He got seventy-eight points, and he had Antonio. Oh, yeah hang on! He captain Ronaldo. All yeah, that red he's in still that team. i got Albert Lewin in there as well. Should, should boot him
2: out of the league. All that red in that team—it's disgusting. If your if your team won't be able to play in the US, it shouldn't be allowed. I pride myself
1: on not having any you know who players in my team. What yeah, about you?
2: What about you, two? you make, what about you too? What about you too? Well, I, I'm, supporting, <laughs> I, I'm supporting the English youth, and I've got Greenwood in, so uh, that's my excuse for having a scum player in.
0: And I've got Luke Shaw, mainly because I thought at least if Ronaldo scores, it's probably going to be from a Luke Shaw assist, and I feel yeah. better about supporting an English player. And, I mean, that's what happened at the weekend. So
2: I just know I'm going to hate myself when I eventually have to put Ronaldo in.
0: Game week seven, that's what I'm told. That's when you should play wild card. Right.
1: Hardly. Yeah, I'm just buzzing that I'm I'm 823 now. I've gone up I ten. Lukaku is your man anyway. Agreed. Well, I actually put Edward in, You know, on Friday night, I thought, oh, he's making his debut. You know, players always do well on the debut, and it was risky against Spurs. But I'm just kicking myself that I didn't vice captain him.
0: He got two,
1: didn't he? He did. Oh, yeah, what? came what? off the bench. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Amazing.
1: Yeah. There so, you know. I I Pascal strike as well though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Remember, if you do get involved There's a £30 club shop voucher online So don't forget to update your team I mean, probably take out Pascal Stroik If you haven't already Probably take out all your Leeds players If you haven't already
1: <laughs> Wow, have you seen the person who got the highest points? It's 117, he's got Ronaldo and Lukaku And he captain Ronaldo Triple captain Ronaldo Triple, good shout
0: Oh wow what a shout
1: that was I bet he's a chess player this lad or girl
0: right moving swiftly on to a good old game of guess who oh, I forgot
1: this about week. this We're keeping
0: score this season remember so I think um, I think Dan's winning is not he? 8-2-1 I don't have
1: up I no he's not here so he's not winning
0: I think Dan's winning I think he's got two so far so are you ready buzzers don't work obviously because you're not invested in them so just shout out your name if you think you know who it is Clue number one. This player was born in 1977 and played for Leeds between 2005 and
1: 2008. Bit of a double whammy there for you. So you played born for the club twice? Or between that between
0: 2005
1: and 2008. So you was- okay and O'Kane signed in 2005. <laughs> 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 David Norris signed... Uh, Go for me one at least.
2: I know the era at least. Yes.
0: Yeah. 20 seconds per clue
2: after this. So. What, do we get a guess each uh, thing or are I we. I mean, you can after... if
0: you like because if you guess once, you just get locked out for that clue. So.
2: I'll do it. Ooh. It's from the Blackwell team, isn't it?
0: five seconds.
2: But so I'd guess like David Ely or something. Incorrect. <laughs> I'll go for Robbie Blake Incorrect Ooh.
0: Clue number two This player made 71 appearances in midfield
2: Someone at home will be screaming The answer <laughs> Yeah. You know, in the car The 70, thing is
0: If, if you 71. get it You kind of give the other person a bit of a clue If you get it wrong so. Yeah
1: 71 appearances.
0: Yeah.
2: It's back in the day of flat 442 as well. Don't mm.
0: be googling.
2: No, look. No. I
0: feel like
1: you definitely are. <laughs> I'll stick my neck out.
2: Yeah.
1: Let's say uh, Neil Kilkenny. No.
2: Mm. Really?
1: Yeah, I was just thinking 2007 8 season. So incorrect, yeah. you
0: going to have a go. That bit. Hey. Incorrect. Right, final clue, which should definitely give you it. OK. This player started and ended their career at Notts County.
1: Uh, Matt McKee.
0: Yes, go on for
1: it. Very formal, that. Um, Sean Derry.
0: Correct. Well done. He's got
1: a point.
0: He's on the board.
2: Sean Derry. Uh. Days of Sean Derry alongside Sean Gregan. Fell out with Dennis
1: Wise because he accused him of leaking the team to the Crystal Palace. um, Before we played Crystal Palace at Ellen Road. And there was a big kerfuffle before and Dennis Wise came out and said that Sean Derry had released the team to one of his friends at Palace. And I think it was just a way to get him off the wage bill and kick him out of the club. To be honest with you. So his career at Leeds ended. I think he went to QPR after, didn't he? I didn't know, man, I haven't got so. the Wikipedia page
0: up anymore.
1: But, um, him and Prutts in midfield, didn't know which one was Jesus at one point. just called him Double Jesus, didn't we? And then you had Johnny Douglas, you know? Johnny Douglas, yeah.
0: Good hair days. No man months back in those days,
1: were they? Absolutely, and you chuck Matty Kilgallen in there <laughs> and you've got a right boy band.
0: <laughs> right? So,
1: what the scores and so I've got the point.
0: you've got one Matt's got one and then Dan's got two I think so far
1: Lucy's
2: on zero bloody Dan yeah I need to do an easy one for Lucy <laughs> <laughs> I need to ask you, just let her get it yeah just make it clear. I think she's into Robin Cock now it's changed hasn't it
0: she's moved sorry, on
1: sorry I, I just missed the first name off there what do you she's into what <laughs> <laughs> Nice try. <laughs> I just think we've completely skimmed over the Dan James transfer as well, guys. You know, we didn't even really talk
2: about it. No, that's,
0: that's true. That's
2: but years ago, though. <laughs> yeah, it
0: does feel like
2: that. He's always been that. He's just been yeah. on. Home. He's, he's been, been on. Been, work. He's been on trial. <laughs> it
0: definitely feels like he's just been out and learned. it? I don't know about you guys. I'm happy to have him. I think when we we're, you know, when it was rumored it was going to happen, I was a bit. You know, we're just in for him because we've not really done any other business in this window. And they had their egos hurt by how it played out last time. Is it that that's really driving it? Do we need him? But that being said, I think once Bielsa has had some time with him, he will be a fantastic player.
1: Yeah, the the club's ego and pockets have been hit now. But mm-hmm. he's a massive improvement on Helder Costa and Ian Pervaida, so I'm happy. Yeah. I think, um, would you he say he's a better player? From the player, he was at Swansea. I don't think he is. I don't think Manchester United have developed him. They just took, they just used to chuck him on, and he, would, he just outpaced every single defender. But his final ball is, is is Achilles' heel, in my opinion. But if they can work on him, then there's a player there. I think. Well oh, you would
0: have said that about Jack Harrison last season, wouldn't you? That you know he's got the pace and the skill to take people on, and maybe it's his final ball that doesn't cut it, and that's yeah. definitely improved.
1: So when he first came into Leeds, Harrison, you know, he was far from
2: the player he is now. Definitely, I think the one thing we we always say it: if Bielsa didn't think it could improve him, we wouldn't have signed him. Mm-hmm. But like I say, you don't know if it, you don't know if it's one of those where the club saw that he was going to be available and needed their egos sort of stroking. Sort of, but Bielsa would have told them straight up no if he didn't think he was still a decent player to, um, and I think he started. If I might be wrong, I think he started all Manu's games. Maybe,
1: maybe by the last one, he always he always played him against us. So he would not play for months, would he? And then as soon as we rocked up last season, he played both games, didn't he? But he played against Wolves uh, just a couple of days before he signed for us.
2: It's it's a very weird one. that he seems to be the opposite of like a fringe player. He seemed to play every big game for Manu, but then didn't play because obviously they just used to lob it in behind and just don't it sort of thing. The, the PE teacher, way right? so. If we want to sign Dan James, Ronaldo will be wearing number seven because
1: you can't change Premier League rules, is you can only change one player's number per season, isn't it? So, like, say if we didn't sign James and he stayed at Manchester United, say it fell through, he would have to retain the 21. Yeah, so Cavani would then have had to have swapped his number and not got the 21. Like, it's completely irrelevant. If you ever read The Guardian? They have this silly little column called The Knowledge, and it's like silly questions like that where someone will say, so if this played in time, would that mean Ronaldo wouldn't be wearing number seven? Would that transfer even okay. number three? Yeah,
0: does that not it?
1: Well, uh, yeah, that's it. You know, CR7, CR17, it just doesn't sound right, really, does it? Well, I can't that's... believe
0: you've made us end the podcast talking
1: about him. Yeah, sorry. Well, I felt we have to shoo in him in at some point, let's be honest. <laughs> stroke egos. Stroke, when you're both having as triple captain next week anyway so it'll just be
0: <laughs> okay that's us for another week episode 30 in the bag thank you very much for joining us for anyone that's tuned in and downloaded us hopefully next time you listen we'll be uh, celebrating our first win of the season after a 5-0 victory at St James's Park this Friday if not we might just be crying into our microphones instead so tune in and find out see you then
1: Podcast Network.